This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 43, Speaking in Tongues. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Welcome back to That's in the Bible. Here we are with episode 43, Speaking in Tongues. And we're back after, actually we had some, uh, I had some equipment failure. My, my computer crashed, and but God took care of it, fixed it for me. So, amen. But good, that, uh, good to be back here in the studio with, uh, with the uh, pastors and Matt and... Uh, We'll start with Pastor Strobel. Pastor Strobel, how have you been? Been doing fine. Keeping busy and uh, also trying to just get a little bit of rest, but that hasn't been working out too well. <laughs> uh, we know how that goes. And Pastor Steve? I'm doing just fine. The uh, Lord's been real good. Amen. And uh, Matthew? I was wondering what you're going to call me. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing real good. Did, did you have do you have a title you'd like to be referred to here? Uh, no. Magnificent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Brother Steve, if you call me that, that'll be all right. That'd be M&M for short. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Good, Matt the Magnificent. Oh, boy. We might forego that for just for brevity's sake. It's a little long, a little wordy. All right. Well, good to have everybody back, and uh, maybe uh, Steve, you can tell us how um, how your performance went. Oh, uh, we had uh, two performances of, of of the Messiah, and uh, they were both uh, really a pleasure to sing. Um, I think most people that listen to the last couple of podcasts kind of know what we're talking about, but uh, uh, there's a community Advent chorale. Uh, comprised of the chorus anyway comprised of of a number of people about over a hundred people that from various towns in our area that uh, get together and sing the messiah and uh it was just a a joy and a pleasure to be able to do that i think matt was up <clears throat> for the saturday performance with a couple of friends from out east and and uh, I, I'm, they, as far as their testimony was concerned, they enjoyed it immensely. So yeah, it was a good time. Good time. We, were, we kept our hands uh, under our legs <laughs> so that we didn't <laughs> shout amen and hoot and holler and put our hands in the air. And it was good. Concert decorum uh, <laughs> was, in the, was, was in vogue. So, oh, boy. It it's was, tough, uh, though. It was recorded um, on Friday when we were in Orchard Park, and haven't heard word yet um, uh, when that's going to come out, but uh, Lord willing, it'll come out soon, and we'll be able to to hear what it sounded like. But from where I was, uh, it, it sounded tremendous, and uh, really just... You know, it's just a lot of fun to be able to sing that. Maybe that music's not for everyone. I understand that. But um, 
it it floats my boat. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and will it be up on your church's website? That clip. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean the 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 thing is probably about what would you say, Matt? Hour and a half, almost two hours long, with the solos and and uh, choruses yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I would say it's somewhere around there. Yeah, so, so they it's, probably won't have the whole thing up. But what if they <clears> have just maybe the the hallelujah chorus yeah you know as as much fun as it is to sing the hallelujah chorus uh, over the years i think my favorite has be, has come uh become worthy worthy is the lamb and the amen at the end mm-hmm. that is just unbelievable <laughs> well if you get amen. that or if you get a link to it we could link to it here you know okay. so people could hear hear what we're talking about okay sounds good that'd be good anything any other news steve well, I just had a, a great Christmas. Uh, had uh, uh, two of my boys that are still down in Florida come up, and uh, uh, my uh, oldest daughter came in from Toledo, and so we had everybody here at the house for Christmas. Uh, Matthew showed up uh, and uh, was here with us, as well as David's girlfriend, Linnea, or fiance, Linnea, and um, so we had everybody at the house and uh, had dinner and. Um, even, uh, this past Sunday, we all got together and sang. Matthew was a little under the weather, so he wasn't able to, to sing with us, but everybody else was there and, and we sang. And, uh, I, in fact, I preached this past Sunday. David preached the, the Sunday before. Jason preached, uh, at, uh, Charity Mission here in Buffalo on Tuesday night. So we all, <coughs> excuse me had an opportunity to preach and, and uh, minister the word and sing. And, and uh, so we just really had a, a blessed time. Uh, my wife has been extremely happy with everybody home and all the banner going on. And uh, it's just been a good time. Yeah, man. It's a good time to get family together again, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Brother. Brother Steve had a good message, too, when he preached. It was, uh, I don't know what you titled it, Brother Steve, but uh, what I would have titled it was, uh, Lovest Thou Me. And yeah. uh, it was good. It was, it was yeah. a good message. It, I told him it definitely uh, convicted me, that's for sure. So <laughs> well, it's always a blessing. Man. Pastor Strobel. Yes. <laughs> Just want to see if you were listening. I am. <laughs> any, any news on the home front there with you? Uh, we we likewise have been, were able to have the family together for Christmas. Uh, we had uh, all seven of our kids here. Uh, my oldest Doug was up from Florida for a week, and he took off um, last uh, Monday. But um, we took took the opportunity with church the day after Christmas. I uh, wanted to hear from some of our young men, and, and normally we would have done this like on our watch night service, but not all of them are going to be here. Um, we had another young man that's going to uh, Pensacola Bible Institute. Uh, he was up for uh, the holidays. <clears throat> so I, I, I gave the Sunday school hour uh, to him and um, another young man from our church who's already graduated from uh, PBI, and they split it, and they both did an excellent job um, in, uh, in bringing a message. And then on the evening service, uh, I had my son Doug preach, and uh, he did a, an excellent job as well. And so it was just a real blessing for me as a pastor to to sit there and listen to two of the young men who have um, Doug grew up in this church from the time he was born, 
Uh, the other one grew up in church since the time he was about four years old. The other one um, came to church when he was older, but uh, the ones, just all of them who've kind of been there in the ministry for several years, it was a blessing to hear them preach and to recognize that uh, they were getting uh, what we're what we're what we're giving them, <laughs> that they're getting it from the Bible, they're making it their own, and um, recognizing the benefit from it. Uh, and it, in addition to that, tomorrow night being uh, New Year's Eve, we have what has come to be called a watch night service. For a lot of churches, we'll, we'll do this, <laughs> and uh, we will tomorrow night, Lord willing, hear from uh, six uh, other guys from our church. Uh, one of our um, older men who. Uh, does a lot of work for the Lord. He's going to bring the main message at the end, and then five um, others will bring shorter messages, Lord willing, before uh, them, uh, before him, some of them for the first time here at the church, and so we're looking forward to that. And we'll have some food and fellowship and fun, so we'll have a three-point alliterated um, event. Uh, Amen. That Amen. <laughs> food, fellowship, fun, and if I could think of how you could make preaching start with an F, we have a four-point tonight. <laughs> Fantastic preaching. There you go. There you go. Do they, do they do that at your church, Steve? Uh, we have a fellowship, although uh, we're probably going to start a little bit earlier and we don't go to midnight. Uh, we're probably going to start about six and go to nine. And uh, David has been invited over to uh, another area church. In fact, his uh, fiance's church and the pastor uh, pastor odell has asked him to go over there and preach so and so i don't know we'll see what how if we can split time from one to the other so <laughs> but we'll see what happens a, lot, a whole lot of preaching going on here yeah you know, everybody amen not by you matt yeah, we've got uh, kind of the same thing going on uh, tomorrow night at uh, at our church. Um, we're going to start around 7 o'clock, have some popcorn preaching, have some uh, games, and um, have some uh, just regular preaching also, and then uh, pray in the new year. And so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and also, um, it's just been a blessing. We've been uh, street preaching at the uh, basketball games again. The Syracuse basketball games are undefeated. Uh, it's bringing a lot, uh, big crowds. And uh, the, we had a blessing. We were out there uh, about a month ago. And about three weeks ago, <clears throat> we um, had somebody from California call the church and uh, told, um, uh, told Pastor Legault, that uh, he preaches out in California, passes out gospel tracts. He's he's saved, and he said it was just such a, a blessing to see people out there in freezing cold weather, uh, freezing cold temperatures, passing out gospel tracts. And and he he just wanted to call and just thank us for being out there. And, and you know, just something little like that uh, was really cool. You know, not only just to uh, have him, you know, just uh, recognize us, but also. Uh, just to see that he's out there as well, you know, and, and just kind of that uh, camaraderie, you know, that we, we have together that uh, we're trying to do something for the Lord, you know, and whether how small it is, at least we're trying to get out there and, and reach some people for the Lord and just glorify God. So so that's a blessing, you know, being out there freezing. And I remember uh, just, um, what was it, last Saturday, not this last Saturday, but the Saturday before that, we were out at one of the games and I came in and uh, usually we eat at the varsity, it's called to pizza place and we go in and you know how when your feet and hands and fingers the thaw it uh they hurt really bad uh i was blowing on my fingers every two seconds i could get uh to warm them up when i was outside but i guess i didn't do my thumbs so when i got in i could not think at all it was it was so painful my thumbs and uh brother dominic uh 
uh, was trying to talk to me. And I'm like, brother, I, I can't talk right now. I'm in too much pain. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, it it definitely hurts sometimes out there. But but the definitely the um, you know. Uh, hopefully, um, we know, of course, that God's word does not return void. So I just pray that uh, the Lord will use um, what we do out there for him. Amen. Amen. And I got to go back to Lockport and visit with my parents who are in their early 80s now and doing pretty well, still doing pretty well. And my nephew, who's um, in the Marines, was able to come, and my sister and my nephew's wife and and uh, then the next day, Matt and uh, his fiance Jennifer. Is that what we're saying, fiance? <laughs> I guess so. so. <laughs> Jennifer, Steve, don't you have a girl named Jennifer? <laughs> I do. I do. Isn't that amazing? Well, Just well that would explain. Do you realize what that's in the Bible did? <laughs> it, it brought us together, <laughs> and as a result of that. Eric's son Matt met my daughter Jen, and now they're engaged. Amen. All because of that's in the Bible. So it's a good thing to listen to this program. Because we can help you to arrange your marriage (laughs) as well. Yeah. Uh, Well, that explains what Matthew was doing when the family was gathered together at Christmas at your house. Absolutely. Amen. The Lord's good, that's for sure. Hey, Matt, on another note, while I'm thinking about it, um, we have some hand warmers that we use when we're out, like in the wintertime doing door-to-door. Yeah. And, uh, the, they're the kind that you might, you break, and they, they kind of like maybe use them in hunting. I don't know if you guys ever use those when you're out there, but it sounds like that might be a help to you. You can put one in each pocket and stick your hand in there to keep them warm. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to. It's a worthwhile <laughs> investment. Yeah. Thumbs yeah. are hard to replace. Save your thumbs. <laughs> when you were, well, when, it's so hard too because you're trying to separate the gospel tracks, and your your fingers are frozen to the point where you can't move them. You know, or if you do a yeah. slow motion, and you yeah. you just have multitudes of people walking by you, and you know you just feel terrible because you can't get those those tracks out because you're you're frozen. So yeah. that, that, I think that would definitely help. You yeah, wasn't that they, the time that you guys were getting a lot of snow too? Were were you guys getting snow at that particular time? That because was that was actually right after we were getting a lot of snow. Was it? So it it yeah it finished uh, snowing and then just kind of the cold front came right in. It was freezing. Yeah, because we had we had a lot of snow here just a few weeks ago that uh, hit a narrow band, uh, gave us about what uh, about three feet of snow <laughs> in uh, about twenty four hours and stuff. So. Uh, didn't you guys get hit pretty good too, Pastor? We did. Strobel? Oh, Pastor Strobel, though. Yes. Didn't you guys yeah, get hit did. pretty good? No, yes, not near as bad as the South Towns, like where you are. But we yeah. we got a share of snow as much as we want. <laughs> 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 and you know what? Here we are coming on New Year's Eve, and, and I'm told I don't know if it's it's true, but I'm told it's supposed to be getting into the 50s tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Today, today was in like the mid 40s, and it's it's a blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Syracuse hit their record high for snow accumulation for December, so uh, now is the right time to come out and move to Syracuse. <laughs> get some nice snow. Because <laughs> apparently, global warming has not hit Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. yeah come on over. <laughs> yeah. You can survive out here. Yeah. Well, you know, we get hit with that kind of snow. I mean, yeah. It. 
it isolated some people in some of the neighborhoods and so forth. But really, the major roads, uh, you know, I went to work the next day, so it wasn't like it, I mean, it took me about, oh, uh, probably about eight hours to shovel out my uh, driveway, so. But, eight uh, hours? Other than that, eight hours. Yeah. I wow. work about an, I worked about an hour, then I go in. I come back out, work another hour, and go yeah. back in. And, and the first hour is filled in by the time you came I, back out. Well, see, now you know it had pretty much stopped. I, mm. I, you know, I, I did the driveway at least for one car to get out uh, two different times, and mm. then the third time is when I finally got it all. And that was right before we sang the Messiah. Mm. In fact, I had to had to make sure I got it all out so that those that were coming in from from Syracuse had a place to park. Maybe that I don't a, want to buy a house again. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a snowblower. I was just me. <laughs> yeah. But it was heavy and and uh, thick and deep and a lot of plowed in snow from the street. So it was it was a uh, it was an ordeal. Yeah, but you're used to it there in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think it's anything abnormal. No, I mean, you know, just it's the way it is, and we get through it. Like the pansies down south can't take it. Uh, the pansies out east, Philadelphia, New York. Uh, here we go. We're going to get some letters out, right, Pastor Trouble? Yeah. <laughs> we don't give out our address. Uh, I wasn't the one that called them pansies. Uh, the, the governor called them wusses. That's what he called them. <laughs> yeah, well, see, we have more decorum than that. Yeah, well, we wouldn't do that. No. All right, well, on that note, uh, we're going <laughs> to take a short break and we'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Have you tried reading the Bible but have given up because you just can't seem to understand it? Follow along with us as we show you six steps to begin your journey into understanding God's Word. Listen to episode 23, How to Understand the Bible. Only on fatsinthebible.com. And thanks, Sir Charles, for doing the voiceover for us. On that. <laughs> yeah. Ask him to do that. Well, that was great. He did that. Yeah. yeah. Did that? Did that cost a lot for to get him? No. Good. No, he he's a fan of the show. He called in, wanted to know what he could do. Amen. Tell him I said thanks. Steve, are you there? I'm here. All right. I thought I heard you, but I couldn't quite hear you. I'm here. <laughs> I haven't fallen asleep. I'm I'm good. Well, I wouldn't expect you have yet. Yeah. Wait until Matt. Well, I, I, I'm trying to be nice now. <laughs> trying to be nice. It's, it's, it's going to be tough, but I'm going to try to be nice. I'll let it slide this time since you were working. But you already promised. I didn't make any promises, buddy. <laughs> you said you were going to be nice to me. I didn't make that oh. promise. So no, I know that's that's fine. You can be as mean to me as you want. I'll be as Christian like as I can. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm glad I stay up, take the high ground and stay out of these phrases that the the other the other Christian brothers do. <laughs> uh. All right, so we we didn't do a quote of the day, but that's okay unless somebody has something they they wanted to uh, bring forth. That's okay. a no. That would be a no. So, Matt, I guess we're about ready for you. Sounds good. Lights on. 
Lights are on so far. I was telling everybody before we got on the podcast here that uh, my lights have been turning on and off and my uh, headset has been kind of in shambles right now. And so things have been definitely uh, troubled trying to get on here. So we'll pray that uh, everything will work correctly through the whole podcast here. Opposition of the enemy or something going on there, huh? So, with a small love offering, uh, <laughs> my address is. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, you probably don't want to give that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, we are ready to begin uh, Matt's look at speaking in tongues. So here we go. Amen. It's good to be back. It's good to be back doing this show. And again, I just appreciate the opportunity to be able to do this. I thank you for everybody that listens. Uh, the show is called Speaking in Tongues tonight. That's the, that's the title, Speaking in Tongues. And a lot of people have different opinions on what the Bible says about this. Some people don't even go to the Bible. Uh, about what this means to speak in tongues. Uh, some of the things that I'm going to cover tonight is, uh, number one, are tongues biblical? You know, a lot of people have a question about what are tongues and are they biblical? Uh, the second thing is, what does it mean to speak in tongues? And the third would be, are Christians to speak in tongues today? I mean, I, I would say those are pretty important things to know uh, when you're out dealing in the world, uh, whether you should actually speak in tongues if you are saved or not, uh, those kind of things uh, are, are the most important, I think, to go over. Uh, but bef- before we start here, let's uh, ask the Lord uh, to help me on this subject and uh, also help our hearts and minds to be open to His, to his Word. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for, uh, Lord, again, the opportunity to be, uh, Lord, in good health, that, uh, Lord, we can, uh, Lord, look into your perfect word. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for my brothers that are on. Lord, I thank you for Brother Stephen, Lord, uh, Pastor Strobel, uh, Lord, also my dad, Eric. Uh, Lord, just so many things that you give us, Lord, day to day. Uh, Lord, you provide so much for us that we don't even deserve. Uh, Lord, we didn't even deserve salvation, Lord, but you give it to us so free. Uh, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, that you'll help me through all this, Lord. We talked about how, uh, Lord, the lights and all that kind of stuff is giving me problems, Lord. I pray, the Lord, that uh, those things wouldn't give me any problems during this uh, episode, Lord, that you'll be able to help me. Lord, I can't do anything without you. You know that more than anybody else, Lord, that, uh, Lord, I don't know anything uh, other than what you showed me, Lord, and what you still continually to show me out of your book. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Uh, cleanse me from all unrighteousness, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that this will be a blessing to some somebody out there, Lord, even if it's just one person, uh, Lord, that they could uh, see, Lord, what the truth is about speaking in tongues. And, uh, Lord, not only through that, Lord, but they would get closer to you and through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you again for all that you do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, I've been praying for a long time about what I should um, have a, then my next study on, and, and we had probably uh, about a month maybe off, and I've been uh, trying to figure out what I should do. I had a bunch of things going through my head, uh, and actually this was not one of them. Uh, what happened was uh, one night on a Sunday night, I was coming home from church, very cold. It was about probably about two weeks ago, and uh, it was probably around nine o'clock at night. I got uh, home. I pulled into my uh, apartment parking lot there, and I uh, came out, and I went over to my driver's side door, and uh, just as I was getting my Bible and my notebook out of my car, I heard this 
wow. So I turn around and it's a young gentleman, a young, young kid. He's probably about uh, 20, maybe less than that. And uh, he just had these huge eyes open and, and uh, just a big smile on his face. And, and I saw him, he kept looking back to my bumper stickers on my car that uh, have scripture signs on it, scripture verses. And he looked back at me and looked back at them again and looked back at me. And, uh, and he didn't really say anything more. And, and I said, oh, hi, you know, how are you? And, and he said, good. And, and I saw, like, I looked down and I saw that he had a Bible in his hand and, and a notebook in his hand. I didn't know if maybe he had come from church or he's going to a Bible study or came from a Bible study, what was going on. So I said, where do you go to church? And uh, he told me he goes to uh, uh, First Assembly of God. And uh, I said, oh, okay. And I pointed to my scripture sign. Uh, one of them says, let me tell you about my Savior. And I said, praise the Lord. I've been saved for a little over five and a half years. And, uh, and I'm just trying to live for him now that I know for sure I'm going to heaven. And uh, then I looked at him and I said, uh, what about you? How long have you been saved? And uh, what he said to me was, uh, he said, well, you, you say that term, uh, that you're saved. Uh, actually, I've been going to church since I was young. And this is what he said. He said, I've been going to church since I was young. And, and uh, just in the last year and a half, I've been going to this other church now. And uh, what happened when I got there is they had me come forward and get on my knees uh, uh, up at the pulpit. And a bunch of men came over me and prayed over me and lifted up their hands and prayed to God out loud for, for uh, me to speak in tongues. And uh, he's like, praise the Lord. I spoke in tongues right then and there. And, uh, and he stopped and, uh, and he looked at me and he said, oh, do you believe uh, in tongues? And, uh, and I said, oh, of course I do. Of course I believe that tongues are biblical. And uh, anyway, I'm going to stop there with that story. We're going to come back to that story. I'm going to leave you there for a minute because uh, we're going to use his, uh, my conversation I had with him throughout the rest of the study. But then what happened uh, the next morning is I went to work. I got out early for uh, lunchtime, and I went over to Subway. A gentleman that I used to take x-rays of for, for a while, I haven't seen him in about four months, uh, I got to witness to him a little bit at work. That doesn't usually happen, but with him I did about four months ago. And he goes to a, to a charismatic church, and uh, he said he's trying to get out of there. And, and I just saw him, you know, uh, right after this uh, whole incident with this other gentleman in my driveway. And uh, we talked for a little while, gave him a gospel track, witnessed to him a little bit. And uh, then that night I came home and I, uh, I talked to my dad, Eric, and I said, uh, dad, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? All, all these uh, uh, run-ins, you know, and and uh, my dad said, yeah, it is, it is a little, little strange. And, and so we hung up and about 10 minutes later, my dad called me back and he said, you know what? We got an email uh, from somebody that's listening to our show. That's in the Bible. And uh, it's been, I don't know how long it's been since we've got an email, um, maybe a couple weeks from anybody, and because uh, we haven't been doing our show uh, very often. And, uh, and he's, my dad said, well, you won't believe what this gentleman said. And, and uh, through a bunch of different things, he said at the end, he said, what do you guys think about doing a show on speaking in tongues? Um, so within a 24-hour period of time, um, I, I dealt with three people uh, that believe, uh, maybe the third person doesn't believe in speaking in tongues, but, but three people that were interested um, in the subject of speaking in tongues. And uh, right then and there, I knew that it was what God wanted me to do. It's, it's exactly what God wants me to bring forth for tonight. Uh, so I, again, I pray that, uh, that uh, this will be a blessing to somebody and a help to somebody, and, uh, and, Lord, and that we'll just go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. Now, the first most important thing, uh, really, that I try and get across when I talk to somebody, especially uh, the gentleman that I talked to, the young, um, uh, young man that I talked to in my driveway was, is if he's saved. 
I mean, that's the most important thing. I mean, we could talk about the Bible until we're blue in the face, and we can even believe uh, the same doctrines, and we can believe uh, everything uh, perfectly uh, together and, uh, and be in unity on the Bible. But if he's not saved, it won't do either of us any good. I mean, if he's uh, lost, if he's uh, without hope and without God in this world, uh, and he's destined for an eternal lake of fire when he dies, uh, then it would do us no good talking about the Bible and, and about uh, different doctrines of the Bible before we get through uh, whether or not he's saved. And that's why I brought up, first of all, that's why I asked him. I said, you know, I give him a little testimony, my little testimony there just for a minute. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm saved. And then I turned to him and, and he kind of bypassed that. And he said, well, you know, this is my experience. And he gave me an experience instead of actually what uh, the Bible says on how to be saved. And that's the most important thing. I mean, you need to be saved first before you worry about anything else, before you worry about speaking in tongues or anything. Uh, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves you. It's not speaking in tongues that saves you or speaking in tongues will show you that you're saved. The Bible says in uh, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to, uh, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll see what this gospel entails. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have, uh, ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Now look to verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. I mean, the Bible says right here that the gospel is what saves you. So the whole thing is that you have to, number one, understand that you're a sinner. You have to understand that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die for your sins. You have to understand that you are unjust and Jesus Christ is just. You have to understand that you're without hope and without God in this world, that if you were to die right now, you would die in your sins without the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing you from all unrighteousness. I mean, if you never understood that you were a sinner on your way to hell, you can't be saved. You can't be saved already if you've never understood that. And what's, that's what you have to do. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. I mean, when I, I know when I got saved, right before I got saved, I understood that I was a sinner on the way to hell, that I, I couldn't get to heaven by my own good works because I've sinned. And uh, my good works couldn't cleanse my, my sin from my account. And uh, right then and there, I knew that that sin would send me to hell. And I, I was sorry for my sins. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for my sins. I turn for my sins. Lord, I lay that at those sins. I, I have a desire to lay those sins at your cross because I understand that because of those, they'll send me to hell. And those are the reasons why they put you on, that, that, that you went on that cross. And the Bible also says that once you repent of your sins, you have to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, if you believe in your heart, that he died for you and rose again, and you uh, repent of your sins and you call upon him. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, that is right there what the Bible says to be saved. Now, when I asked this gentleman if he was saved, he didn't give me any of that. That's the testimony that you need to give. If you are here tonight and you're listening to this and you've never had a testimony such as that, that you've actually called upon Jesus Christ to save your soul from hell, uh, then you are not saved. And th this gentleman never gave me a testimony of that. Now, am I saying that he's not saved? Uh, I don't know. I didn't talk to him long enough. He didn't give me that testimony. That's what I'm saying. So 
the whole thing is that first you have to be saved before you even have to worry about what this subject has to do with. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of different podcasts that are good. Uh, Brother Steve uh, brought out a good podcast, uh, What Does It Mean to Be Saved? Uh, a bunch of different ones that you can look on here. Um, but that's the gist of it right there. That's the gist that you need to be saved first. Now, the next question that we come up to is, are tongues biblical? Now, you know, when he turned to me and he said, do you believe that tongues, do you believe in tongues? I said, oh, of course I do. Of course I believe in tongues. And he kind of looked at me like, uh, like he didn't believe me. And I said, but the thing is, is that uh, in the Bible, every tongue that is spoken is always a known language. I said, every time that uh, tongues show up, it's always a known language. And uh, what he said was that his, um, his um, tongue that he spoke in was actually an uh, unknown tongue to people that were on this earth. So there had to be another person that could actually interpret it. Somebody else had to have the gift of interpretation to be able to interpret what he's speaking because it was some kind of angelic language. Uh, and that's actually what a lot of people believe when they believe in speaking in tongues. Uh, for example, uh, I've got a quote here from Charismatics Today, which is Mar- March 7th, uh, 7th, 1980, page 16 to 17. It says, and I quote, Charismatics see their tongues as God-given prayer language, perhaps angelic. They say that these tongues are known only to God. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm just picking on charismatics only. I'm not. I'm just using that as an example. Uh, charismatics uh, are the most that uh, are most knownly associated with speaking in tongues, but there's definitely uh, different uh, uh, sects of the um, uh, of the uh, Christ- of Christianity that actually use. Um, actually use tongues. But let's see what the Bible says. In the first a law of first occurrence here in Genesis chapter 10, verse 5, the Bible says right here, by these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, everyone after his tongue, after their families and their nation. You see here, the first occurrence of this uh, word tongue is used as a nation, as used, every nation has their own tongue, which is their own language. You know, you've got the uh, Japanese, you've got the Chinese, you've got the, uh, uh, the, the Germans, you've, got, you've just got uh, all these different nations, and they've got their own tongue. Uh, Genesis chapter 10, verse 20 says, These are the sons of Ham, after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. I mean, you can go through here and look at all. It all has to do with the nations and their tongues. Uh, Turn with me to Acts chapter 1, and you'll see this. And this is, I didn't quote all these verses, verses, of course, to this gentleman, but uh, I gave him the gist of it and told him, listen, every time that a tongue is mentioned in the Bible, it's always a known language. Acts chapter 1, verse 18 The Bible says, now this man, talking about uh, Judas Iscariot, purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, El Saldama, that is to say, the field of blood. So you see here that in their own tongue, that's their own language, El Saldama, and it's interpreted here as saying the field of blood. So you see here that the the tongues, every time tongues is mentioned, is a known language. Now I'm going to have a bunch of different other verses on here, a lot in Revelation talking about the nations and their tongues that we've all already gone over. Um, but uh, you can see, even if you take a concordance and you look up tongue or tongues, uh, it always has to do with, uh, with a, a language that is known down here. Now, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. You're already in Acts chapter 1. You should be. Now, turn to Acts chapter 2. And uh, look with me in verse 4. Actually, let's start in verse 1. This is the Jewish feast. Now, this is uh, Pentecost is not an experience. 
All right. Pentecost is a Jewish feast. And it says right here in uh, Acts chapter two, verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, this is talking about the they as the apostles. Um, if you look back up in uh, chapter one, verse 26, it says, and they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. So the they here is the 11 apostles and, uh, and, and Matthias here, which would be the 12th now, taking Judas Iscariot's place. Verse two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And they, the 12 apostles, were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So here the Holy Spirit comes upon them and uh, they're speaking here with other tongues, the Bible says. Verse six, now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own tongue. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? So the 12 apostles were all from Galilee. That's where the apostles were from. They're saying, listen, we all speak different languages, but we all hear them in in our own tongue. And look at verse eight. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. And he goes over all the areas that they were from. And in verse 12, it says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? I mean, here all these people are coming and they're saying, "These, these people are unlearned men. I mean, they never learned these languages. They never had the, uh, the money, the education to be able to learn these languages. But here they are, and they're all speaking languages that we can understand. So every time that somebody speaks in an, in an other tongue or a tongue, uh, speaking in tongues, it's always a known language. Now, after I quoted uh, some of this stuff to this uh, gentleman, uh, he kind of shifted his position a little bit. And, uh, and I told him, I, I said, listen, if you do speak in an actual known tongue, and he said, oh, no, I do, I do. I, I think it's Aramaic. Uh, so now you have to understand, he shifted his position a little bit. Um, and I'm not saying everybody that speaks in tongues shifts their position, but he did. Because he saw that uh, by the Bible, you have to speak in an actual known tongue if you are actually going to speak in tongues. Uh, so he said, well, maybe I'm speaking in Aramaic. So I thought to myself and I said to him, well, you know, you said you have an interpreter, right? And he said, yes. I said, okay, well, why don't you ask your interpreter what you're speaking? I mean, listen, if, if you're speaking Aramaic, man, uh, I would say, okay, God wants me to go to the Hebrews. So now I have the gospel. I'm going to go to the Hebrews. I'm going to be able to go preach to them. Uh, say God gave me the ability uh, to speak German. All right. Uh, and I never learned it. And he just, right now, he gave me the ability to speak German. I would say, okay, as, as soon as I knew that it was German, I would say, okay, Lord, I'm going to uh, go on uh, deputation. I'm going to get as much money as I can. And I'm going to go to the, to the Germans now uh, because, uh, you know, you give me the ability to speak German. Now, um, the whole thing is, is that he went on also, then he went to unknown tongues that he said, well, there's unknown tongues in the Bible that, that nobody knows. Well, let's look at that. First Corinthians chapter 14, first Corinthians chapter 14. And we can start in verse one here. The Bible says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now here, this, uh, this verse is talking about when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're not speaking unto men that are present, but unto God. So it's true that God knows every single language on this earth, correct? He does. He knows every single language. So he's saying here, say I'm, I'm with a whole bunch of, say I'm in Germany, 
and I'm uh, speaking English to a whole bunch of people, well, that's not uh, uh, helping anybody. That's not edifying anybody there. Uh, the only person that I would be speaking to would be to God. Because God would understand that I'm speaking English and he'd understand what I'm saying. But everybody that speaks German there, they would not understand me. And it says right here, for no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. I mean, you're speaking to God when you're doing that. Um, you're not speaking to anybody that's there. Uh, I mean, think about this. If you went to uh, somebody and you're speaking in a language that nobody else knows, um, that's not going to edify anybody at all. I mean, you could have the best uh, preaching. You can you can bring forth the best message that you could ever bring forth, um, and uh, it wouldn't do anybody any good. The only person that would hear it would be you and God. Now, uh, turn with me to verse 4, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. Charity suffereth long. I'm sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth, prophesieth, edifieth the church. I mean, if you're speaking in an unknown tongue, you're only edifying yourself, like I said. Verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all. The apostle Paul spake many, many languages. Verse 19. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Um, what you've got today is you've got so many people saying that they're speaking in tongues, but again, uh, biblically, it's supposed to be a known language, but they're saying it's not known. And Paul says here, listen, it's better to speak in five words that could be understood by everybody that's present rather than uh, um, 10,000 words in an unknown language. I mean, he said that's, that's not going to edify anybody. Verse 27, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Again, that's what we've been talking about the whole time. I mean, you could have an interpreter present, but that interpreter would know the language you're speaking and he would interpret to everybody. I mean, we have that sometimes when we have a missionary maybe come through, um, maybe a missionary that's from their own land uh, and we're, and we're uh, sending them out money uh, so that he can have a good, church out there to win people the Lord. And he comes in and he doesn't know English very well, maybe. And, uh, and uh, so we have an interpreter with him and he speaks in the church and then, and he stops after a sentence and we, he has an interpreter to tell us what he said. Um, now the question is now that we know that tongues are a known language, uh, unknown tongues are just a language that is not known to those that are present. Now, now, if I'm speaking to somebody in English, you know, I'm speaking English, and everybody that's there speaks German, uh, those people don't know that language. It's an unknown language to them. It's an unknown tongue to them, but it's, it's known somewhere else, right? It's known somewhere else in the world. That's all an unknown tongue is. It's unknown to those that are present only. Now, the question is, what is the gift of speaking in tongues? Well, we saw in Acts chapter 2, the gift of speaking in tongues is actually being able to speak right then and there a different language. I mean, you know, you, you never learned it. Those, those apostles never learned those languages. They just started preaching and God changed their voices, uh, uh, their speech uh, to a different language. That's God's work doing it. It's not you doing it. It's God doing it into a language that uh, they could hear. Now, the rules for speaking in tongues, if it is for today, if, if tongues are for today, and we haven't established if it is yet or not, but if the rules for speaking in tongues uh, were established, let's see what they are. Now, I'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 first. <coughs> Excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> 
Now you have to see that for, uh, that the church of Corinth here was uh, the most carnal church that Paul wrote to. It was the most carnal church. And I'll show you that. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? So the Corinth church was a carnal church, and Paul said that. Paul told them that they are a carnal church. And uh, Brother Steve, if you have some uh, time, uh, definitely check out Brother Steve's episode that he did called Fruits, Gifts, Signs. It goes very well with this study. And uh, he made a good point. He said, you know what these, uh, these people in Corinth did? Uh, they uh, magnified and uh, puffed up the, the uh, miracles uh, in the gifts rather than the, the charity and rather than the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, uh, meekness temperance. And, uh, and But what they did was they said, oh, we can speak in tongues. Uh, and they magnified those more than anything else. And, uh, and they were carnal for doing that. And uh, Brother Steve made a good point about that, was that they were only worried about kind of magnifying themselves and what they could do rather than magnifying what the Holy Spirit and what God could do through them. Now, let's look at what the rules are for speaking in tongues. Because of all this, because they were carnal and they were misusing uh, speaking in tongues and things like that, at this point, uh, Paul uh, brought what the rules are for speaking in tongues. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, it's not known by those people that are present, let it be by two or at the most by three. So two or three of them can, uh, can uh, speak, in an unknown tongue, in a language that's not known there, but at the most, three. So that's the first thing. Um, and then it says, in that by course. That means one at a time. Uh, Bible says, if you look up at uh, verse 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. If you look over at uh, verse 31, it says, For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. Uh, by course means uh, one at a time. It means that God's not the author of confusion. I mean, if we're all talking at the same time uh, in different languages, uh, that's confusion. Nobody's going to be able to learn anything from that. So the first thing is that uh, the most that can uh, speak in an unknown tongue is three, uh, one at a time. And uh, then the third thing is, it says right here, and let one interpret right here in verse 27, let one interpret. So somebody has to be interpreting what you're saying at that time. And uh, verse, uh, now look at verse 37. I'm sorry, go back up to 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. So you ask, is it proper or is it right for people to speak in tongues? Well, first, let's look at these things Let's look at these things first. I mean, we've established, first of all, that uh, you need to be saved, first of all. All right. Uh, the next thing is uh, tongues are always a known language. They're always a language that is established on this earth. Now, those that are speaking in unknown tongues, again, are just tongues that aren't known by those that are present. Um, the gift of speaking in tongues is just being able to speak right away without even learning that language. And we saw here the rules for it. We just went over the rules for it. Now, if everybody adheres by that, which uh, if you look at all the churches today that say that they can speak in tongues, nobody adheres to all those rules. Nobody adheres to all those rules. Now, 
let's look at the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. Are they for today? Now, again, I'm speaking of those that miraculously by God are given the gift to be able to speak a language they've never learned. Now, there's missionaries that we have that take a year, two years to be able to speak in, in, in a different tongue. Well, you, you can almost say that they've got a gift of speaking in tongues, um, not, not in the sense that uh, many talk about today, but they can speak more than one tongue. So they do speak tongues. Like Paul said, I speak in many tongues. Now, there's some people that can say that. Some people can say, I speak in many tongues, but it's different. They actually had to learn it themselves. God just didn't miraculously give them that language without studying it. Now, we must understand that we have to rightly divide the Bible. I mean, we've gone over this verse many times. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible says you have to rightly divide the Bible. We know there's divisions in the Bible. Uh, you know, we, the Bible says... Uh, We've got in our Bible here the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the the different books are split up, and uh, they're split up uh, 30, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and uh, and a lot of people just say, well, that's the division right there, but there's many more divisions than just that. Um, now, what I want you to understand is not all of the Bible is written to you. All right, it's not all written to you. Now, all Scripture is profitable for you. Second Timothy chapter three verse sixteen says, all Scripture is profitable. All right, you can learn from things in the Bible, but there are things that do not apply to you for today. And you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, I'll give you an easy example was that Noah was told to build a boat. He was told by God to build a boat to save him and his family, so it was by water. I mean, to be saved back then for him, he had to believe God, what he said, and he had to build a boat. Um, and uh, doctrinally, that doesn't apply to us today. I mean, I can go back and read that, and I can say, well, look, you know, uh, that boat is a type of Jesus Christ. I mean, I can get into get into that boat in Jesus Christ. It's a great type of uh, Jesus Christ. It's got one window looking up, well, looking up to heaven, and that's where we should set our eyes, right up to heaven. I mean, we can, we can learn from it. We can um, uh, apply our lives to it, but doctrinally, uh, we're not supposed to build a boat today. So that's just a kind of an easy example. Another example is the Jews in the Old Testament were told to sacrifice animals. I mean, they, they were told if they were to, uh, to cover their sins, uh, to have their sins remitted, uh, they could um, uh, sacrifice animals. Now, today, that's not to us, right? I mean, we can learn from it. We can see that it typifies the, uh, the main sacrifice, the only sacrifice that would ever uh, redeem us to clear us from our sins is Jesus Christ. I mean, it pointed to that. Uh, but it, it, uh, we don't go and sacrifice animals today because it's not to us. So we got to rightly divide. Now, now that you see that there's divisions in the Bible, uh, we got to see what today is. Today, this time period that we're in now is called the times of the Gentiles. Now, if you look in Romans chapter 11, um, really Romans chapter 9, uh, to chapter 11 talks about Israel and their state. And it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, for I would not brethren that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits that blindness and part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And it talks about in verse 26, that after the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, that all of Israel shall be saved. Well, you know that Israel is not saved today. I mean, all of Israel is not saved. Um, and it talks all in the Bible, in the old Testament, all that. And even in the new Testament that, uh, at one point when the Jews get saved, uh, they will actually live peaceably uh, without anybody uh, even coming after them to harm them. We know that doctrinally it doesn't apply to today, but what does do apply today is that the fullness of the Gentiles right now is where we're at. 
Now, the times of the Jews, it's not the times of the Jews. Uh, when you look in Acts chapter 13, verse 46, um, uh, God says, Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, speaking about the Jews, but seeing ye put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So God is dealing primarily with the Gentiles now. And of course, we know that uh, individual Jews can be saved, but God won't deal with the Jews as a nation um, until the tribulation. Now, God will deal with the Jews again in the tribulation as a nation. But right now, we're in the times of the Gentiles. We're not in the times of the Jews. So knowing that right now, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, does God deal with the Gentiles through tongues? I mean, does God use, uh, through the times of the Gentiles, does God use uh, these tongues with Gentiles, these uh, speaking in tongues? Now, the first thing you see is tongues are said to be a sign. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. So you see here that tongues are a sign. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22 tells us who these signs are to. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. So you see here that these signs... Um, uh, these tongues here, these speaking in tongues are signs, and these signs are what the Jews require, but the Greeks seek after wisdom. So we see already, we're beginning to see that the Jews require these signs, and these signs are for the Jews. Now, all throughout the Bible, I mean, you can read the whole entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you see that God's always dealt with the Jews with signs. No other nation has he ever dealt with like that at all. I mean, God's chosen the Jews as his, um, as his selected nation as for his people. And that's how he's dealt with them. Turn with me to Exodus chapter four. If you remember, you have uh, uh, Moses and uh, he's so afraid. He's like, God, I'm not good of speech. Uh, I can't speak very well. And uh, I can, uh, I can agree with that. And I can attest to that as well, that I'm the same way. And uh, I've said that to God many times, but here uh, Moses is, and he's and God tells Moses that, Hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh, but first I want you to go to uh, your own people, the Jews. And I want you to tell them, Hey, I'm taking you out of here. I'm going to go in front of um, uh, Pharaoh and we're going to get out of here. And, and uh, Moses is like, yeah, right. You know, how, how are they going to believe me? Well, look in Exodus chapter four, verse one. Bible says, and Moses answered and said, but behold, he's talking to God. They will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice for they will say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. I mean, Moses says, how are they going to know Lord that, that you've spoken to me, that, that what I'm telling them right now or what I'm going to tell them is from you. How are they going to know that for sure? Well, look at verse, uh, look at verse eight. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee... Actually, you know what? Let's go back to verse 2 now, and we'll go through it and see what God tells them, how they're going to know that, he, that uh, he's from God. And the Lord said unto him, uh, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. I mean, he just did a, a miracle right there. And he said, that's how they're going to believe that you're that uh, that uh, you're from me. And verse 8 says, And it shall come to pass that they will not believe thee, neither hearken to thy voice to the first, uh, of the first sign that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. Now again, the signs are to the Jews. And don't forget that uh, speaking in tongues is a sign. Uh, Exodus chapter 7. Actually, you know what? Keep going. 
uh, Exodus chapter 4 and verse, um, well, let's see, verse 9, and it shall come to pass if they will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. Now look at verse 17, and thou shalt take this thy rod in thine hand, wherewith thou shalt do signs. Uh, verse 28, Bible says, And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And verse 30, And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they uh, bowed their heads and worshiped. Well, when was it that they bowed their heads and worshiped? It was when that they saw the signs and these are the Jews. It was the Jews that were always dealt with by God to show that, hey, this prophet, this prophet is from the Lord, is from me. And you have to believe him. You have to trust him by what he's saying is, is from me. And that's how he did it. He did it through signs. I'm going to skip a whole bunch of verses in Exodus, but all, all through the Old Testament has to do with uh, God dealing with the Jews and signs. But turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, I'll show you a couple more. We'll move on. Deuteronomy chapter four. Deuteronomy chapter four. Well, let's see. I'll start in verse 33. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live? I mean, here God's saying, listen, have you ever heard uh, any, any other nation that has ever heard, uh, heard God, uh, from, from a bush that's on fire. And verse 34 says, or hath God assayed to go, uh, go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs and by wonders and by war and by a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord, your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord he is God there is none else beside him no other nation God saying right here has ever been um, dealt with by God like this with signs to show that he is from God that uh, that God is true and he is the true God uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 22. The Bible says, And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. He did all those signs before the Jews' eyes. So he didn't do all that for Pharaoh. He did all that for the Jews so that they would believe uh, what God was telling them. Now, the other thing you have to see also is that when Jesus Christ came, uh, he shows up and his ministry is uh, to, to the Jews only. I mean, you remember that lady that comes to her, comes to him and uh, she says, oh Lord, you know, my, my daughter's vexed. Um, and he said, oh, I, I can't cast the, uh, the children's meat uh, bread to dogs. So he's calling her a Gentile dog. I mean, here's this woman, she's a Gentile, she's not a Jew. And Jesus Christ said, uh, my ministry is only to the Jews. I'm not sent, uh, uh, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So that's in Matthew chapter 15, verses 22 and 26. Now, the next thing is, then Christ appoints 12 apostles and he gives them those same signed gifts that Jesus Christ did. When Jesus Christ came, his ministry was to the Jews only. And, um, and uh, what he did was he used signs and miracles to show them that, hey, I'm from God. I am God. And then uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verses five through six, it shows that God shows uh, these apostles that they're only supposed to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They're not even supposed to go to the Samaritans, which are, which are 
uh, half half breeds, which are Jew, uh, part Jew and part Gentile, because their ministry again was to the Jews. So all these signs were always given to the Jews. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse twelve says, "Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds." So the apostles were given these signs because they were out. Uh, uh, to show this to the Jews. They were out to show that. The, the thing is that you never had a written revelation. Uh, in the Old Testament, you had that written revelation. But when Jesus Christ shows up, when the apostles shows up, um, God's, God appoints the apostles, there was never any New Testament written. You have to understand that. I mean, how are they, you know, the Jews have all seen all the signs before, you know, they've heard about all the signs that were done before in the Old Testament with Moses and everybody, and they've got that all written down, the written revelation of the scriptures that they had in the Old Testament canon, but they had nothing in the New Testament saying, okay, this is Jesus Christ here. Um, you know, they had things that uh, pointed to it, and they had uh, prophecy in the Old Testament, but it was hard for them to see that. And so what Jesus Christ did was he used signs. God used signs to show that, hey, this is, again, God dealing with you as a nation of Israel. And then he appoints the 12 apostles, and he says, listen, this is from the Lord. This is how you know these people are from me, is because I do signs. And you see that. If you look to Mark chapter 16, verse 14, Mark chapter 16, verse 14, the whole reason why signs were accompanied by Jesus Christ and by the apostles was to show uh, that what they were saying was from God. It was to confirm the word that they were giving out because there was no written revelation there. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, talking about the apostles, and as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So it was the 11 apostles that didn't believe. And he said unto them, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these uh, signs shall follow them that believe. Well, remember back up there in 14, it's the 11 that didn't believe. They didn't believe that those uh, had seen Jesus Christ resurrected. And he says right here, and these signs shall follow them that believe, talking about the 11 apostles. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached every, uh, everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. God was confirming the word. God gave the apostles those signs to confirm the word of God, because there was no written revelation there. Uh, for sake of time, we won't go there, but Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, says that God did the same thing with those apostles. He confirmed what they were saying uh, by those signs. Now, the only three times that tongue shows up uh, in the book of Acts is for a main purpose, is for a main purpose. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22 says, Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe. Now, you've got a lot of people that are speaking in tongues, supposedly in the churches, but it says right here, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe. Now, we know so far what signs uh, are given to and who they're given to. It's to the Jews and not to them that believe. So it says right here that it's given to unbelieving Jews. Every time a sign is given, it's given to uh, Jews that don't believe. <coughs> now, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, again, you have the day of Pentecost. You have them speaking in tongues, the, the apostles that are there. And uh, what happens is everybody's like, wow, you know, these, how are these guys that are all from Galilee uh, speak in our own language? And so they're ready to listen now. They're ready to say, hey, these guys must be from God. Let's listen to them. 
And then in verse 22, Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Peter speaks and he says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. So he said up there in verse 22, Jesus Christ was approved of God by the signs that he did. And then in verse 23, so Peter here is saying that, hey, Jesus Christ here was the Messiah. He was the Messiah you're looking for. And in verse 23, he says, and by your wicked hands, you've crucified. <laughs> I mean, he's saying here, you just crucified the Messiah. I mean, that's a pretty bold thing to say. Uh, for sake of time, we'll skip to verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel, again, it's to the Jews, know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and and Christ. I mean, these Jews didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. That's why they crucified him. Uh, verse 37 says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and men, uh, uh, Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then uh, verse 41, the Bible says, then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, why did they gladly receive his word? Why did they gladly receive Peter's word? The reason why was because they knew that what he was saying was from God because of the signs that he gave. God gave those apostles that were right there, those uh, speaking in tongues, so that those unbelieving Jews there could see that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ was the Messiah and they needed to be saved. And that's the only reason why they got saved is because God gave those apostles um, the unwritten word right there that they were speaking, um, uh, uh, signs following them to confirm what they were saying was actually from God. Now, the second uh, thing that shows up in the book of Acts where tongue shows up is Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 24. Here you've got the story of uh, uh, Cornelius and Peter. And Peter is laying around and he sees uh, this vision from God and uh, their unclean beasts coming down. And, uh, and God says, here, eat these. And, and Peter's like, no, no, these are unclean. I can't eat these. I've never eaten anything unclean. And God said, no, what I've cleansed, call not thou unclean. And so Peter says, okay. And he still really doesn't understand exactly what's going on. I don't believe here at this point. But then look in verse uh, 24. And it says, in the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, um, and, uh, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and their near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up by myself, also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, ye know how that it is an lawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feareth him that worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Look to verse 43, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him, talking about Jesus, shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So you see here that uh, 
God told them before that they weren't supposed to go to the to the Gentiles. The Jews were not supposed to go to the Gentiles. So that's what they had. I mean, um, even the Old Testament, really, you weren't supposed to go in uh, the area of the Gentiles and really have any kind of communion with them. And uh, and now God's changing it. And he's saying, no, no, now I want salvation. I want my salvation to go to the Gentiles. Well, how is he going to get them to understand that it's from God without a written revelation? Well, the only way is to use signs. And he used those speaking in tongues to unbelieving Jews, Jews that didn't believe that Gentiles could get saved and receive the Holy Ghost. And when they see the, the Gentiles speaking in tongues, then they believe, then the unbelieving Jews believe that, uh, that it was from God and that they could actually be saved. And the third and last spot in the book of Acts that, uh, that is, speaks of uh, people speaking in tongues is Acts chapter 19. And for sake of time, we're not going to go there and turn there, but Acts chapter 19 in verse 1 through 6, you see these uh, these disciples of uh, John the Baptist, and all they knew was the baptism of John. It was only the baptism of repentance, and uh, uh, if you look in uh, verse 6, I'm um, sorry. And it says right here in verse 3, And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, uh, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. So they only understood the baptism of John. They didn't understand that even the Holy Ghost could come upon them. But when they got saved, when they understood uh, that Jesus Christ was the Messiah and that they could uh, accept him as their Savior and receive the Holy Ghost, right when they uh, accepted Christ, they received uh, the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues right then and there. And the only reason why is because they were unbelieving that they could receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, when they spoke in tongues, then they understood that, hey, we are Jews. Uh, we didn't believe that we could, but now we are speaking in tongues. So every time tongue shows up, it's always a sign to the Jews. That's how God uh, confirms the unwritten word. And uh, it's always to unbelieving Jews. So in closing here, we see that uh, towards the end of the uh, apostolic signs, uh, such as uh, the speaking in tongues and things like that, they all started to die out. At the end, they all started to die out as the as the canon of scriptures were starting to be completed, and uh, and also their their um, uh, the end of their ministries were uh, they were completed. Now, when all the apostles died, all the uh, apostolic gifts were all gone. I mean, all those signs were all gone. Um, in Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-five, the Bible says that Jesus healed every sickness and every disease among the people. In Acts chapter five, verse sixteen, it says that every that that early in in the apostles' ministry, they were able to heal everyone. So every apostle was able to heal every single person that came to them. Same thing with Jesus Christ. But look what happens in the end of their ministry. Uh, Paul could not heal himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Paul couldn't uh, heal his fellow laborer and brother in the Lord, Trophimus, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Uh, Paul always kept uh, Luke, you know, the great physician, by his side, 2 Timothy 4, 11, because he couldn't heal himself anymore miraculously like God uh, had given him before. And the last thing is that Paul tells uh, Timothy that he should use some medicine mixed with some alcohol in it to uh, heal his stomach uh, and his often infirmities. First Timothy chapter five, verse 23. I mean, you see towards the end of their ministry, towards the nearing completion of the written word to, to the written scriptures, that these signs died out after a while because that's the point of them. It was to confirm the word. And, uh, and again, like I said, when the 12 apostles died, those signs died out with them. Now, 
Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32, we've gone there before. There's three groups of people, and uh, you got the Jews. We know that the signs are to the Jews, and we know that the tongues, the, the, the speaking in tongues, the gifts of tongues were given to the Jews, to unbelieving Jews. And uh, we know that there's uh, the, the Greeks there, the Gentiles, and uh, those are people that are not saved. Those are people that are neither Jews nor are saved, nor in the church of God. And uh, we have the church of God here. And Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 says that Paul right there is speaking to those that are saved, to the church. And Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, he says, For we, talking about Christians, walk by faith, not by sight. So if you're a saved, blood-bought, redeemed child of God, then you live by faith. Now, the Jews are the ones that are had to see the signs. They required the signs. They required to see that staff uh, thrown down by Moses and turned into a serpent. They were they uh, required to see people speak in tongues like those Gentiles. When they got saved, they had to see them actually speak in tongues they've never learned before so that they could see, okay, I understand now, God. I saw it. Uh, I believe you now. Well, we as Christians aren't supposed to go by sight. We're supposed to go by faith. So just to recap some of the things that we went over, the first thing is tongues are biblical. I mean, it's tongues are biblical. They're in the Bible. But you have to understand, like we've uh, seen, tongues are known languages. They're never just unknown languages that nobody on this earth knows. Now, tongues are a sign, and the Jews as a nation are the ones that require these signs. Again, we're in the time of the Gentiles. Uh, when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, then the Jews' time comes again. But right now, uh, those signs are for the Jews, and we're not in the time of the Jews right now. We're not in the time of Jacob's trouble or anything like that. And the last thing is the Christians are to live by faith, not by sight. So I hope that helps some people out. Um, I know it was a little bit long, a little lengthy, but uh, there's a lot of scriptures to go through. There's so many that I still could go through, but uh, for sake of time and, and give you guys some stuff to study out as well when you have some time on your own, uh, definitely check it out. And it's the most important thing. Uh, but again, the most important thing is if you're saved, because this won't uh, do anything for you unless you are saved and going to heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thanks a lot, guys. Amen, Matt. Thank you very much. A lot, mm -hmm. a lot of information there. Guys? Well, amen. It was a lot of information, like you said, Eric, and uh, <laughs> he covered it well. I mean, uh, not much left to say. Amen. A lot of, lot of info. And um, if you're really not familiar with this subject, it'd probably do you well to go through it slowly and take notes and look up the scripture references on your own and study them out. A um, couple of things I would like to point out. Uh, he mentioned earlier how uh, some of the folks talk about praying in tongues as a heavenly prayer language. And I've also heard along with that, some of them say that they believe it's the Holy Ghost praying uh, through them. Like the Bible talks about how the Spirit, you know, maketh intercession for us. <clears throat> the problem with that being related to tongues, as some people would apply it, is that when the Bible speaks of that, it says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, <clears throat> for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then... Uh, these, when the Spirit of God is actually doing that interceding, it's not coming through anybody's voice that can be uttered in mm -hmm. a prayer language. So Amen. that's something different. Amen. And, and I do want to point out, because some of our listeners may have been wondering or thinking about this when Matt was talking about Jesus coming uh, specifically to the Jews, 
Um, we're also aware that uh, ultimately he he came for the Gentiles as well, because uh, even in the example that Matt gave, um, when the Lord was telling them that he was uh, not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, when he talked to that lady, the Syrophoenician, I believe it was, um, ultimately he went ahead because of what she said and, and healed her daughter anyway. Right. And just went ahead and jumped right out of the dispensation. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he's he's well able to do that. Yeah, and in John chapter 1, it says he came unto his own. And that's what Matt's talking about. He came unto his own to the Jews. And then it goes on to say, but his own received him not. But as many as received him to them came he po- gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And that's where we kind of get in on the blessing as uh, as Gentiles. And a lot more, a lot more could be said about that as well. Yeah, Amen. Now let me just uh, let me take the uh, the tongues viewpoint here for a minute and see how you guys respond to this. Um, what about those folks that would say, you know what, uh, if you if you don't if you don't speak in tongues, you're really not displaying the evidence of the uh, the Holy Spirit that's indwelling indwelling in you, and that uh, you know. And and uh, once you've had that experience, you you just uh, there's no way you can discount it because that experience is so beautiful and and fulfilling. Now, how would you answer that? Well, what I would tell them is that when it comes to experience, you never exalt experience over the Word of God, but you always filter your experience through the Word of God. <laughs> Peter had a, a great experience one time to the extent that he heard the voice of God speaking from heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my beloved son, you know, hear, hear ye him, uh, was along those lines. And when he wrote his epistle, he referred to that time, and he said in regard to that experience versus the scriptures, he said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, warranty right. that you do well that you take heed in talking about the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I tell him. Amen. All right, anybody have anything else to add? Well, to tell you what, I'll throw out one other one because um, some people do make mention of they talk about the uh, initial evidence of being ba- the baptism of the Holy Ghost, being speaking with tongues and so mm-hmm. forth, or or the evidence that you are filled with the Holy Ghost of speaking right. with tongues. Right. And a very important verse to look at, because that's, that's just what Eric was just mentioning, is Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And here, a very overlooked verse in the scriptures, it says, And when they had prayed... The place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And that is more of an evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost um, than, than even speaking in tongues uh, ever was for the, mm-hmm. for the general population of Christians. When you get filled with the Spirit of God, you can boldly speak the Scriptures. <laughs> Amen. That's good. That's good. Another thing I had, too, was, you know, there's no place in the Bible where any Christian is ever told to pray, to preach, to sing, or to praise God in tongues. Nowhere has anybody ever commanded to do that or even to try and attain to that. Amen. Well, you know, Matt, you've already said it, and, and, and I would only be repeating it, but in essence, tongues were a soul-winning tool. And, uh, you know, if people could just get that, uh, clear understanding from the scriptures, it would solve a lot of problems for them because, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people that speak in tongues use it as kind of a, a badge of honor and yes. uh, use it to 
to show how spiritual they are. And, uh, you know, in, as far as the gifts are concerned, it's the least of the gifts. And, um, you know, you've already instruct, uh, instructed us that the, the fact that the Jews require a sign, and we've gone over in some of the other studies the fact that there are, there are uh, gifts that are given to the church, um, uh, some of which are signs and some are not. And the, since signs are given to the Jews, those are ones specific to them, and the other gifts are given to the church, and those are the ones that we ought to be, be looking at and uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, find out if God's given us those gifts and, and utilize those for the body of Christ that we might uh, edify one another and, and reach the lost. And uh, those are the things that we ought to try to do and not, not so much promote ourselves uh, but to, to promote Jesus Christ uh, and uh, so forth. You know, in fact, that's what Jesus Christ, when the Holy Ghost came, he came to, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, not the Spirit and not themselves. Uh, so uh, that's where our focus ought to be. It ought to be to magnify Jesus Christ and, and edify one another and uh, uh, try to reach the world uh, with the gospel. Amen. What what if someone's been with a group or is with a group currently and and uh, their emphasis is on speaking in tongues and now they've heard this this other side what what should they do? Well, I can speak to that somewhat directly. Uh, before I trusted the Lord and and was uh, how can I say in one of my um, uh, spiritual uh, ventures. Um, uh, I was in a, a, a charismatic group in a college and uh, was involved with these things, uh, was with them as they spoke in tongues. I tried to speak in tongues and was just never able to to loose the tongue, if you will. Um, but um, uh, when, <laughs> and I was, as Matt had described, uh, I was not saved when I when I was involved in that. I'm not saying that everyone that's involved in this group is lost, but I know my testimony that I was lost and uh, was trying to do these things out of my own flesh. And I'll be honest with you. I wanted to belong. I wanted to be part of the group. And uh, that was how it was done. Uh, When... uh, uh, through my own efforts, I couldn't uh, couldn't do the thing. It kind of faded away. But I would say that someone that's involved in that uh, kind of a, a group uh, would, as Pastor Strobel already recommended, to to uh, listen to the podcast again, uh, listen to the scriptures, find them, read them, uh, go over them, pray over it, and then uh, obviously ask the Lord what to do. But but I would find a place uh, to go that that uh, emphasizes uh, the Word of God. Now, of course, they're all going to say that, but I, I'm I mean, like what you've heard here on this podcast, uh, where you know we're not trying to promote denomination, or we're not trying to promote self or or anything. We want to we want to serve the Lord. We believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, and and it is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. And uh, obviously tongues is, is a vital part of, of that study and knowing the truth and knowing where it belongs and, and who it belongs to and uh, finding a church that uh, 
that believes such as been taught here in this podcast tonight. Amen. Well, as a pastor of an independent Bible-believing Baptist church, I've got no problem promoting an independent <laughs> Baptist church for you to check out. <laughs> we're not saying those are the only people that are saved. We're not right. only we're not saying those are the only people that believe the King James Bible or have the right doctrine by any means. But it's been my observation um, through uh, experience and, and study and, and watching that um, the, the the best chance you you usually have of finding good doctrine is within an independent King James Bible believing church. Nice. Sound doctrine across the board. Now, just be, and, and that doesn't mean all independent King James Bible believing churches right. are going to have sound doctrine. That's right. That's right. But if I but if I were out there just looking, I'd start checking into visiting or talking with the pastors of, of some of them, the churches and, and then seeing if what they say rings true and, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but seek it, seek it prayerfully. Mm-hmm. Man. And you know, the, the, the gentleman that I talked to in the parking lot too, I have no doubt in my mind that he was, uh, this truly sincere, you know, and, and by no means, I hope I didn't uh, get to the point where I was demeaning to anybody maybe that does speak in tongues or, or any of that pers- persuasion. But again, we're just looking to what the Bible says, and, and I'm praying for him. Uh, I truly am. I'm praying for him. Like I said, there was no testimony that he was saved. And, and uh, so I just pray that, uh, that he is saved. If he's not, the Lord knows it. And I pray that the Lord will convict him and maybe give me another opportunity to witness to him. Amen. Amen. Well, the band started up. <laughs> that means it's time for us to head out. Matt, that wasn't the same guy that was flapping his wings in the parking lot, was he? <laughs> no. I went to, to visit Matt. He was sick and drove up there. And, and uh, there was as I'm driving to, to park, there's a guy in the middle of the road walking really slow, flapping his wings and making bird sounds. That's no joke. <laughs> that is no joke. <laughs> so, I don't know. He, he flapped around for a while, and we, we went inside. <laughs> is, is that something unique to uh, Syracuse, or what? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That was pretty bad, though. That was pretty bad. I was... One of the one times that my dad comes to my apartment complex, and that's what he sees. It looks like an insane asylum. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know what was going on there. Uh, I didn't really know either. <laughs> Amen. So let's see. I think who's up next? I think Pastor Strobel. I believe so. Okay. So we'll we'll get off the air here in a minute. We'll uh, we'll schedule. See if we can schedule the next one. Amen, guys. Well, it's been good good getting together again. Amen. Amen, amen. And Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Yes, he is. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time, Lord willing.
This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.